0: Welcome back to another episode of Healthy Neighborhoods, Healthy Nation. And we're your hosts, Melanie Sona and Erin Liedka. And today is the season recap. Yay! Very excited. We finished our heat and health season, we closed it out. Mm -hmm. Um, So today, as per usual with our season recaps, you are stuck with Melanie and I. Um, i don't think that's so bad i don't think so either um but we are really um excited to kind of talk about we, we really had a, such an amazing um season and so we're Line really up excited up, yes. to kind of
1: it was pretty stellar i would say as yeah well.
0: to, to have some time to discuss that and reflect about it and hear about you know your thoughts and opinions on what
1: happened this season it's crazy we're in season two melanie can you believe it season two is done yeah i know (laughs) it really went by just like that and um it was such a timely um, release i think of the season we didn't plan it that way or maybe we did just a little bit
0: well we didn't yeah i think that's something that is interesting to talk about is that we didn't i mean we had intended to do this heat and health season during the summer months right so that people who people, you know, who are experiencing hotter temperatures would actually be able to relate to kind of what we're talking about. And people care more about hot temperatures in the summer versus, you know, in the winter or January when everyone's freezing um, and when Melanie is wearing multiple sweaters. Um, so um, we did that, but I think we didn't fully understand how hot this summer would be. And we didn't understand the the impact um, of, of the timeliness of, of what we're what we're putting out Mm definitely um so yeah I think to start us off I'm curious Melanie to hear about what you thought were your most either like surprising or eye-opening moments from this season
1: well I definitely think when we had Dr. Lavecchio on he just put into context just how detrimental he could be um, on the body just doing day-to-day things and that was pretty alarming to me especially when he was talking about the cases he saw of, and um, homeless populations people coming in with like third degree burns from like falling yeah. on the sidewalk that was crazy that's ridiculous right I know it's in Arizona right that's where he's stationed and everything but I mean the reality is from what we've been you know, reading and. Literature, what we've been hearing on the news, what our guests have been enlightening us to, is that like these are realities that could become, you know, very evident in like in the next couple of decades. The future, yeah, right. Um, if the trends continue this way, so I thought that was a really like just stark picture of like how heat like can physically do damage to people, you know, because I, I mean, I definitely used to think that the worst that happens when you just get a little overheated is you pass out or, mm-hmm. you know, you feel unwell for a little bit or heat stroke, which I didn't really even fully understand the severity of what that would look like. So yeah, that was just a very um, dramatic presentation of what he can do. And I, I really appreciated the, um, uh, the medical standpoint and perspective of that as well as, you know, that's our interests in future careers. Yes. Going <laughs> or MO. But yeah, that was really surprising to me, I think. It was. I,
0: I agree. It was pretty, it was like shell shocking to to hear mm-hmm. firsthand perspective. And then also, I think the burden of the, that, it, that burns in particular and severe burns put on the healthcare system. So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you, but by, by you going outside and accidentally touching pavement and being burned that severely is, is crazy. Right. But then on top of that, like how he was talking about, uh, you know, issues with ventilators and issues with capacity and how it was almost mimicking this COVID like
1: yeah. setting
0: in this emergency department where they're having a bunch of people who need to be seen for heat related conditions and for burns. Um, That was also pretty intense, um, and was a little bit of a flashback some, some to some not so you know uh, great great moments with this burden on the healthcare system. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm glad to have his perspective on that just because he sees the worst of it, right? So, like he mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know the the people who are experiencing negative effects from heat don't always come into the hospital, um, and I think those uh, people, you know, kind of fly under the radar, but when you're seeing this stuff every day Mm -hmm. um, and the, the most severe impacts of of heat, it's kind of intense.
1: No, very much so. Yeah. Well, what about you, Erin? Did you have any other like really dramatic revelations in any of the, uh, the interviews we had from this past season?
0: So dramatic, (laughs)
1: Um, but it was, I think one of my, uh, one of the
0: things that was, really, uh, interesting for me was when Kate was talking about the power of maps. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was really interesting to me because I don't, it's interesting. Like, I think I kind of get, even though we try not to do this and the goal of this podcast is exactly the opposite of this. it, It can be very easy to get kind of ingrained in your own world. Like Melanie and I see maps, and look at heat related maps n- not irregularly right and we've seen a lot of different iterations of this stuff and it is really impactful like when we see it we're like at least for me i'm like wow this is ridiculously um you know crazy we really need to address this stuff but the fact that you know graphic images like maps everyone can understand a map everyone can understand you know tree canopy density imp- uh, impervious space all of that kind of stuff so the ability to show people a graphic that describes and validates their experience is huge. Um, so I was really, I, I really, really kind of took to heart what she said about the maps. And especially as Melanie and I are on kind of this this mission to reduce some of the barriers and in accessing information, um, I really, really liked what she said about that because those are things that are going in these research papers and that we're showing in presentations, but um, that not everyone in the general public has seen but they should see and they are you know once they see them they're able to interpret it so those groundworks maps if you have not checked them out um or, you should totally do that yeah groundwork usa on their climate safe neighborhoods website and if i can, you can also
1: look on our instagram yeah yes please at hnhn underscore podcast go find us <laughs> and we want
0: to hear from you leave us messages um, right. What was your? I, I would love to know for those listening. Like, what was the most interesting or shocking? You know, piece of your that you learned. What, what guest did you find um, to have the most uh, new information for you? Because obviously, Melanie and I, you know, we're coming at this with a, some level of understanding. We still learned a lot, oh, um, definitely. That's but lot so we're, we're definitely curious to
1: to know. Yeah, which. And I was just what you all thought were the most shocking moments. Definitely, please do. And I was just going to add on to what you said about the maps, Erin, because I know that was um, a big part. We really tried to promote those maps. If you guys do follow us, you would see that there's several <laughs> iterations of those maps. And
0: Denver people, <laughs> for the people that live in Denver, um, who you know they they have a Denver specific map, and that was especially interesting for me cause it's like I know where these neighborhoods are. I grew up. You know, going to these different places. I've lived in a you know a couple of them. So
1: yeah, so yeah, go and check out if there's a map near you and a city near you, and um, you might be alarmed by what you see. But I was just going to mention that I think we've tried to touch on this throughout the podcast uh, season, and this is something that we've come into just in our own reading and stuff that you know regarding heat as. A, a danger or something that should be taken seriously as a, a health threat is still like not cut up caught up to date, I don't think. You know, a lot of people are just like, oh go sit in air conditioning. Or if you a lot of your life is spent from car to house, from house to store, from store back to house and back to car. Like, I mean you don't really experience the brunt of what heat like what the heat can do and how uncomfortable and dangerous it can be. It can be. So the maps, I think, really lend to advocating for what people are generally like can be experiencing, even if that's not your personal experience. So when it comes to advocacy for these sort of topics, like you were saying, Erin, I think the maps are really powerful for that, for for a tool to show people like, hey, you know, even if you're not feeling it, it's, it's happening. It's a reality that a lot of people, um, a lot of people who tend to be left out of these sort of um, Health-relevant conversations a lot of the time are facing. So, yeah, I thought they were also really, really cool for that purpose. So, yeah, visualizing yes, what we're experiencing, but which, well, anyways, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, no, I mean, we're so far, yeah, I'm really, I, I think that this has just been like a really profound season in terms of, you know, growing our knowledge base on this stuff although this is what we spend a lot of time like looking at, you know, just hearing people that are active in the community and also trying to combat it is really uplifting. Yeah. I really like that. I hope. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind hope, of in, in regard to that, Um, I mean, I'll ask you first, ladies first, what, what, like, what was the lasting impression that you had from one or any of the episodes that we recorded? Like, is there, um, any sort of like lingering, like message of hope or inspiration or anything otherwise that you were kind of left with after the season?
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the, the, I, I sometimes I feel super overwhelmed when I think about things like climate change or, you know, other public health related issues, it can be so overwhelming and very um, negative, which is understandable right these are very real very serious issues very serious threats that um, we're facing that we're experiencing but it was it was genuinely so great to hear people who are in the brunt of this right so dr Lavecchio or you know Morgan from NOAA like they understand what's happening they understand the danger of heat they understand the danger of climate change and Dr. Levecchio's case, he's seeing it every day. And for these experts to be able to say, and, and even Brian Stone, right? He, to, for these experts who know all of the bad stuff, for them to be able to say, hey, you know what? Like, yes, all of this stuff is happening. And yes, it's very scary. And yes, it, we want to try and reduce its ability to harm individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that there's hope, And we really do, I I think that was something that Melanie and I kind of fell into this season a little bit is that we weren't necessarily aiming to portray a a hopeful message. We weren't aiming to portray a negative one either, (laughs) but we weren't, this wasn't something that we specifically, you know, asked about or were hoping to hear from our guests from. And it was something that was a common theme. All of our guests seem to be Um, optimistic about what we can do. There's important research happening. There's important interventions going on. um, There's important work at the policy level. So having Mark be able to speak to Mm -hmm. the factors that are impacting, you know, these uh, programs like LIHEAP that are going to be massively helpful in combating Mm -hmm. uh, heat was really, um, it it gave me a little bit, it gave me a little bit of, you know, motivation to keep doing the work that we're doing, but also like, okay, people... You know, even though the, even if the majority of people, myself included, before you know interviewing these people, don't really understand the dangers of heat, there's still people doing something about it, and there's that you know this a massive amount of money that's now going towards this. Mm-hmm. So clearly, this is on the docket. This is important. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I hope
1: that that translates into change. Oh, I mean, I'm certain that it it will, and it is. Um, just from the, you know the groups that we have um, interviewed like Kate and what they're doing around in their um, safe neighborhoods initiative. I mean, sure. I think maybe like it's going to take time for like a lot of these like grassroots organizations to maybe um, grow and expand. But I mean, it's really promising that they are in existence and, you know, it's, it seems like it's kind of just as of recent that a lot of um, public attention has been put on heat um, in the health context. So, I mean, but these organizations have been doing work for like, you know, a long while since it started to gain a lot of public traction. So, you know, yeah, I definitely agree that it it turned out to be a very encouraging um, season overall, though it wasn't intended to be so. But I think that just demonstrates, you know, th- just like the the perseverance and like the spirit behind the people who are in these, um, working in this realm. And I mean, that was something else I kind of wanted to touch on, too, that I thought was Mm -hmm. really that kind of left an impression on me. It's just like how, you know, when we were looking for guests to come on, it's not like we were looking up like people who work on heat policy or grassroots organizations that try to combat Mm -hmm. heat. Right. We weren't searching up those key terms. We were just Googling like heat in the news and like seeing what's going on. And then we came across all these people who have such cross disciplinary backgrounds Um, But they realize that this is a problem that even though they're involved in, you know, economic policy or in urban planning um, or community organizing, they were able to still mobilize the skills they had from their unique backgrounds to still combat the same issue. And that's something that I think is really cool As as an engineer, not a really good one, but I mean, fundamentally, I understand that to solve complex problems, you know, you need to have a lot of different insights and creativity coming into the mix. And I think that's a really cool component of um, the people we see kind of at the forefront of this heat combating um, effort. So that was, that was something that kind of, you know, left an impression on me.
0: For sure. And I think the whole other component of this, right. Is that, We, you know, in our first season, we're talking a lot about the importance of neighborhoods and the importance of engaging people with neighborhoods and the number of people that understand that importance that we, I mean, basically every, um, you know, especially when we highlight organizations like this Urban Heat Island mapping campaign that NOAA is doing, um, when we look at Groundwork USA's um, community-based interventions, people that are addressing this issue are understanding the role that neighborhoods play yeah. in people experiencing heat, and they're wanting to get people involved and communities involved in their working to kind of elevate um, this community voice and elevate the platform that people who are most affected by heat have to discuss their experiences, which I thought was so cool. Mm-hmm. And again, just kind of like a natural build on you know, I mean, Melanie and I are really hopeful that all of our different seasons will add kind of a different layer of understanding of what a neighborhood is and how the, the complex neighborhood interactions affect humans and affect Mm -hmm. the people living in those neighborhoods. Um, And so it was a really, it it was really awesome to see some of the, the, this work really center individuals' voices. So I agree that was really hopeful and also very, very impactful.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, something that I was kind of um, I, I was thinking as we're thinking about connections between season one and season two, um, what were some of the major, you know themes uh, in this heat season that you kind of that stood out to you, Melanie. And then on top of that, uh, do we see that like what kind of what did you see crossover from our first season? Um, that also ended up being really interesting and applicable
1: in this season. Well, I mean, I think w- what you were just talking about is getting at what you're asking me, that, I mean, neighborhoods definitely have a role in how we see differences in Shocking. heat exposure. Yeah, who would have known? <laughs> but I mean, if you don't know, <laughs> Spoiler that's okay. Alert. Please, just go back to season one. It's okay if you don't know. We're not judging. <laughs> right, exactly. But
0: <laughs> can we listen to those episodes. Or listen to them for the first time.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just like, you know, to talking about like spatial equity when, when we had a discussion with Dr. Brown from season one and how, you know, historically disinvested areas look different. And when we talk about specifically in relation to heat, you know, lacking trees, having a lot more of these concrete uh, materials around that are absorbing heat, like and that all has like very direct consequences on how much heat these people in in these areas are exposed to so like there's a direct connection to that um so something else i think that we can make a connection between last season and this season so we also talked about like neighborhood dynamics and again going back to dr brown's episode like how we see specifically in black communities just this like uprooting effect where people are like disbanded and and the ability to like have that cohesive you know neighborhood structure never really was able to like you know it couldn't happen in in light of like what we see continually happening in black communities and we've learned how important and critical it is to have like these strong ties with your neighbors because you know that also does play a role in like just general like overall quality of living and um in the case of what we've been seeing with these grassroots organizations and this season of how community members are able, able to like leverage their connections and um, ties to their community to improve their environments. You know, that's also a direct thing that connects from t- to last season, I think. Um, and yeah, I and mean, 100%. Yeah. And I mean, that's something else I think that was really touching to hear about from Kate in particular about how like, you know, people in their communities like are very aware of like the obstacles they face or the conditions of their environment. And although those conditions are by no means a product of anything they've done, they're willing to accept the reality and do something about it and, Mm -hmm. you know, get other like-minded people in their areas together to say like, Hey, we can use our voices and reach out to these, um, you know, these intermediary parties like um, Groundwork USA and, you know, really address the issues that you know we want to see a change in, and I think that's just an awesome thing. It forms a lot of bonds in the process. You gain a lot of skills through collaborating with those sort of organizations too, that translate beyond just re um, rehabilitating your neighborhood. So it, it's just like a lot of. A lot of good things that come out of, you know, community organizing and it's it's, it's all interconnected to the neighborhood. Like, I don't think they're, I think they're like this. They're very much so connected. (laughs) You can't see my hands. I was, I was interlocking them. (laughs) They're very much so connected, but yeah, so. And that's the point of, I mean, that's kind of what we're trying to do on this podcast too, is to create this narrative that we can follow along as you'll continue to see like all of these topics, which tie back down to like the foundation of your environment and where you, you know, you work, live and play and how that interacts with a whole bunch of other factors that can ultimately impact your health outcomes too, and just quality of life generally. So very much so connected.
0: Yeah, Melanie, I agree. I 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, oh, I mean, I think overall, as we're, well, first of all, as we're getting ready for our third season,
1: um, we are
0: super excited for what we have in store for you guys. We have some incredible guests. We say that every season.
1: We say that every season, which is true every season, but it's very true this season. It's (laughs) very true this this season. Um, And...
0: We are, we were really excited to, you know, we're, we're grateful that you all are listening. We're, there's so many of our neighbors out there that are interested in this stuff. Um, and we would really like to hear more from, from you guys and your feedback on, you know, which guests did you like, which moments were the most interesting, um, what, what suggestions do you have from us? Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> We're, we're baby podcasters so what suggestions do you have for for our engagement but ultimately i think that it's been a really um it, it's been a really really great second season melanie yeah. i am continually grateful we have we got to shout out the best co-host the girl could ask for Aaron liedka <laughs> and that is melanie <laughs> <laughs> if that wasn't clear <laughs> or
1: Aaron. um i would say <laughs> you know, so we're
0: we're really excited um mm-hmm. that we're you know continue that we we get to continue to talk to some really cool people definitely um and that you guys get to listen to us talk to some really cool people yeah
1: well before we end Aaron, i think let's do like a one a quick round of just one question each okay anything okay. you want it can be related to the podcast it's that this last season in particular <laughs> it can be related to just the behind the scenes sort of thing it can be a behind get to know you whatever you want okay i have a question i'm gonna start oh gosh. hence why okay, i proposed yours. this <laughs> <laughs> so aaron please do tell us because i know i know you've struggled with this and i know you 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 let that information um go public in our last season recap <laughs> about just like how hard it is <laughs> to hear your voice when you're um, when you're going back and editing, I think you have a very great podcasting voice and we have gotten many compliments and and um, feedback from people I know personally complimenting That's your kind of podcast voice. Have you gotten over it, Erin? Tell the people. <laughs> Everyone's gotten better.
0: Everyone wants to know.
1: <laughs> Um, well, I think that it's
0: a little bit better if I just don't think too hard about it Mm -hmm. because now when we're, you know, I I think I'm a little desensitized to it now. I still don't like it, (laughs) but I'm a little desensitized to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I notice, like, you know, we, Melanie and I split these, the, the editing responsibilities. And so when I haven't edited or like when I'm listening to an episode back that we're about to publish, I'm like, Oh my gosh what are you doing? But it has gotten better. I think it's gotten better, it's which is good.
1: Yeah. Cause it's not bad yes. at all. Very good. You have a great podcasting voice. I must say. <laughs> but
0: Well, that's very kind of you, Melanie. And I do appreciate that. Um, the feedback that people have given me, um, it, it makes me at least believe that you guys are not having a bad experience listening to my voice. <laughs> whether that's true or not is another question oh my gosh okay and see now the pressure is on and i have to think of a of a question to ask melanie my question is melanie after learning about all of the dangers of subjecting yourself to heat and heat exposure Mm -hmm. (laughs) are you um going to be less inclined to wear sweaters when it's 80 degrees outside okay
1: and or go running. Okay, let me put this question into context for everybody <laughs> listening. Because we work in an office <laughs> that is over air conditioned, in my opinion, which maybe it should be. Because it's literally like 99 degrees plus 100% weight in D.C. outside. So that's basically like over 100 degrees real feel. Um, So I don't wear the sweater when I exit the building, okay, people? Sometimes she does. Sometimes I forget Sometimes and then I does. will subsequently take it off. <laughs> But in Sometimes. the building I will continue to wear my sweater and carry my blanket around because it's cold in here. <laughs> I run cold. I'm probably anemic.
0: That's something. So if you all relevant. But if you all are looking for something to, you know, woo Melanie, um really get her, if you could find some uh, like a snuggy suit, so it has to have arms, it has to have like a hood, it has to have pants that go like all the way down to your feet. If you can buy that. <laughs> And you know, message us on Instagram if you have because we 'cause we'll we'll accept this this uh, gift from Melanie. <laughs> Melanie would be eternally grateful. That is exactly what she needs to operate in these and I will say yeah, to her credit, it is very cold <laughs> in the office. Mm, um yeah. that we work in. But you know, it, this is this is another level. But yes, yeah, so anyone anyone hoping to, you know, get on Melanie's good side, impress her,
1: do her <laughs> Okay, well, to answer your second question, so the first question is I will continue to wear my sweater within these air-conditioned walls, okay? (laughs) I'm on the opposite side of the reality of the heat wave. Totally thermal (laughs) over thermal regulated situation here. But um, as for the running, so, I mean, I try to avoid, I definitely try to avoid overexerting myself at times of the day when it's clearly we're at peak temperature and humidity. Like, I think that's a little bit... Dangerous, and obviously, I'm also trying to be cognizant of you know hydrating, and you know I have the privilege of being in. it. I have air, co- a, you know, essential air conditioning system in my place, so I mean that is cold when I walk in, you know. So I'm limiting the amount of heat exposure that i'm facing and i i'm also privileged to have a car over here so on days when it's ridiculously hot i'm i'm not walking um so i try to unnecessarily avoid it but for my physical activity i run to relieve myself of stress guys so i have to do it i have to and i try to do it early in the morning so you'll see me at like Six six thirty before the sun mm. comes up. It's usually already very
0: humid by then. Humid, yeah. It's still. See, this is the thing though. On days like this, especially this week, because in DC we're yeah. having a heat wave, it's. It doesn't. How much of a difference does this temp? I mean, I guess it makes sun, a little bit of a difference,
1: but it's very hot. It's, still, it, it is like very, hot. very hot. I've I've sweated. I've sweat more. If I could quantify the volume of sweat <laughs> I've produced this past three months as compared to my entire lifetime, oh my I think gosh. it surpasses. Yeah, I'm not really a sweater. I really that's don't. Like, that's very fair. But here is bad. And, yeah, it's
0: very bad. As someone who grew up in a very dry climate, yeah. we are not a
1: fan. I'm not we a fan are not. Sweat. We are not. I cannot, well, I can't I straighten my hair in in the summertime. <laughs> yes, it right. also presses over here because <laughs> <laughs> it will revert instantaneously. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You'll be doing your hair every day. Mostly. Oh, yeah. That would be...
1: Yeah, so um, the, I hope that answers your question, Erin.
0: <laughs> oh, 100%. Now I know, and now the people know.
1: Yes. <laughs> so with that, um, <laughs> we thank you guys for sticking along um, this journey with us for yet another season. Season two is in the books. It is finished, and it was a very hot, hot, hot season, hot. I must say so myself. <laughs> Cue the music. um. But yeah, it it was a really good season. We learned a lot. We enjoyed um, learning more about the process of podcasting as well as just being able to um, just increase our knowledge about heat exposure and illness and put that out into a public sphere too. So we hope you guys learned a lot as well and are curious about the subject. So um, again, we just thank you for joining us for another uh, episode of Healthy Neighborhoods Healthy Nation podcast. Um, We hope you enjoyed today's episode with just Aaron and I, and that we would really appreciate it if you could give our podcast a five star review and go follow us on Instagram at HNHN underscore podcast. And you can check us out on our YouTube channel, which is still under construction. For the video recording <laughs> of our conversations, but please join us next time to explore how healthy neighborhoods are the foundation to a healthy nation. And we are going to put a poll. Um, yes, at the answer the poll. Yes, please do. We're going to put a poll up on Spotify for all of you listeners on here. Um, just you know, asking you some questions. We want to engage with you guys, and we want to know what you would also like to see on the podcast. We definitely would um, appreciate any and all. feedback or um or you know suggestions so unless it's negative feedback about my voice (laughs) you would never receive such a thing never (laughs) but thanks for listening guys (laughs) bye guys